Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Millsy, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show, where we discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 24 of the Cross the Park podcast, the 2019-20 season. Just me, solitary blue on here tonight, just myself, Judgy, joined by Terry and Gary representing the Reds. We've got uh, a review of the this weekend's game, so Everton's 1-0 victory at home to... Where, wow. <laughs> Brighton. <laughs> to Brighton. Oh my I'm looking at next week's game and I'm going, it wasn't West Ham. No, obviously our 1-0 win at home to Brighton and Liverpool's 1-0 win away to, to Tottenham. We've got next week's games to preview as well. Everton's 3pm game away to West Ham, which is what I was looking at and my mind was, was playing tricks on me. And where are you guys next week? At home to Man U. Oh, just a minor game on, on Sundays at 4 o'clock, is it? Yeah. R4 kick-off. Yeah, four, is it four, R4, is it? Yeah. 4.30 kick-off, so... Massive game acro- across the park, and again, Everton will be coming up against their old manager David Moyes, which which will be very interesting cons- considering Moyes was the front runner for the majority of the the time when Everton were replacing Marco Silva. So we're going to start with Everton's um, victory at, at home to Brighton, one um, nil on Saturday. Um, it's quite difficult. This I'm, I normally ask a question to someone across at me and looking at, looking across at the empty seats where Craig and so occasionally Millsy occupy. Um, but I'm going to start by just going through the team first of all. So Michael Keane coming to the team, which was slightly unexpected, albeit you know we were expecting changes from the the, the defeat the defeat to Liverpool. I thought Michael Keane has a really good game, as as good as I've seen him for a while. I mean, when you when you get an experienced Italian manager, I think everyone expects him to go and work on on the backbone of the side, and and that's clearly clearly happened. We have seen a lot of false dawns from Michael Keane. I'm certainly not um, suggesting that this is a you know. This is going to be it for him, but he certainly had a, a more assured game at the, at the heart of the fence. He was alongside Mason Holgate, who, to be honest, I would have expected might have been the one to come out of the sides. There's very mixed opinions of Mason Holgate across the Everton support. You've got some players, some fans who look at him and look at his, his youthful enthusiasm and the fact that he, he is a decent footballer. I think there's a lot of potential in there, which I do agree with. Um, I personally don't think he's he's good enough at the basics as a defender um, to, to be a long-term centre-back in, in, in a back four. But is it fair to say that there's mixed fan opinions on Mina? Because I know he started the season well, but the um, last couple of weeks has been maybe mixed bag of form. I don't know. I can I can see why the neutral, um, and certainly most Evertonians were very dubious when he first came into the team. I can see why there's that opinion on him. He, he, look, he doesn't look very natural in the way he moves. and he's kind of slow but then he's fast enough as well for a centre back he just he does cover the ground and he gets there you know he just turns like a like a bus at times so when he when he hasn't got himself <laughs> set and, and and has got himself sides on I feel like he he will really struggle because of his size but no I personally like him I, I think he I think he's got the credentials to, to still be a, a good centre back I think that he does enjoy defending, which just sounds a mad thing to say. Every, every defender should enjoy defending, but I think there's a lot of defenders out there, i.e. John Stones, 
who just enjoy being footballers and don't really appreciate the art of defending and yep. enjoy throwing a tackle in and enjoy getting them getting their body in, in the way of the ball. I don't think he falls into that category and I think he's he's someone who genuinely cares as well, despite the fact he's a South American and shouldn't really have a, a natural, you know, affinity to the club. But I like Mina, but uh, you know, he missed out on Saturday and, and all being said Aside from the last 10 minutes, they had a, a fairly assured performance back there. Luca Dean probably produced his best performance, arguably, of, of the season. Um, he was back to his you know, his, his, um, exuberant and energetic and creative self. But I think that owes a lot to Bernard playing in front of him. I was going to say, was, that, was that due to the retainer, Bernard? Yeah, they've, they've very, very much got a Baines and Pienaar relationship. And as Reg, you, you might not appreciate that as much as the Everton listeners do, but... Every Evertonian know that they were they complemented each other. When Pienaar didn't play, Baines often didn't you know provide the same level of uh, creative spark, and it's definitely been the case with with Bernard and, and Luca Dean. Is it is it a worry that you know because Bernard's injury record's been relatively patchy, hasn't it? Is, is it a worry that almost Luca Dean only plays well when Bernard's there? Because it it, it for me it, you know. It almost feels like he's one of your better players, Lucas. You know, he was last season, and you know, he was, he was voted Player of the Season, and by by the fans, I think I'm right in saying yeah. that. And then this season, that hasn't been hasn't quite worked out for him. But going into this season, you would have looked at him as one of your best players, wouldn't you? But it's like you're almost you, you can't really get top performances. I don't think it's Bernard. just. I don't think it's just he can't play with Bernard. I think he's pretty much has a different player playing out there. I don't think there's been a run of three games where there's been the same player. Alex Awobi was in there for a bit. Richarlison's been in there for a bit. Walcott's been in there for a bit. He's had a different player in front of him, and he and he does. He's not a he's not a fullback who just goes and marauds forwards. He, he he's quite precise in his work. You know, and he he plays to feet a lot. He doesn't like kind of work the ball down the channels. He's not a player who just crosses the ball in early. He does like to get into good positions to be able to work the ball into the box. So. To give him a bit of credit, I, th- I think he, he is he is a player who relies on someone to link up with him. I, mm. I don't think it matters who that person is, but they do need to have... They only need to be on his wavelength. If you don't show for the ball with Luca Dean, i.e. whether it's wise or inside the pitch, I, I don't think he, he fancies just lumping it long, which, you know, yeah. he's a cultured you know, fullback, and that's I, I, just the way he plays. I think that point for me speaks to the fact that you've had a lot of different managers as well, and maybe managers who, you know... Not to take the the topic away from Everton, but you look at Jurgen Klopp and everyone talks about the way we play. You know the system. Every player knows the system. Everyone knows where everyone's going to be and stuff like that. It doesn't matter who's in there. Everyone knows that they can rely on that man to do the job that the system demands. Yeah. And I guess having different managers, maybe you know a silver. When you see Luca Dean and Bernard linking up, it's more that two good players are on the same wa- same wavelength as yeah. opposed to. The system has dictated where them players are going to be, and yeah, I think yeah. maybe that's something you'll get out of a manager like Ancelotti, yeah. who's a lot more rigorous, you know, in in terms of the way he preps his teams and and his experience and things. Yeah, it, but for the, yeah, I get I get that, and you, you you're right to be fair. I think the first couple of games or the first three games under Ancelotti, it looked like team was finished. It sounds a bit dramatic, that's it's only three games, and every player does need to adjust. Yeah, well, to the you, new style you, of play, you and Craig were both were both calling for like Baines. a potential Bane yeah. supplier. Yeah, with this yeah, game, because it just you? didn't he didn't look interested, and I, and I know there's been more than rumours. There's been it's been come from pretty reliable sources that Luca Dean is a little bit homesick. He, you know, his kids live over in France, and it's understandable. So it just looked to me like. All right, there's a new manager in here. It's probably going to take me too long to adjust to this. I might as well just go back to France. It'll mm. be easier for me. But no, look, he, he, as I say, he had a good performance on Saturday, which is all it is at this moment in time. It's a good performance. But um, it was probably coupled with arguably a man of the match performance from Bernard. Um, the two 
games that he started so far, Bernard, which are both at home um, against Burnley and against uh, Brighton, he's been taken off after like 65 minutes, but in both games, he's been the most influential player. Now, it already looks like he's going to be um, Ancelotti's uh, Callaghan, who he has at, at Napoli. So he used to use Callaghan the same way for the first hour of the game to basically be just really creative and, and play on the front foot. And when they get to that hour point, if they're ahead, then he takes them off and, and then just kind of start, not shut up shop, but to just replace them with a player who's a bit yeah, more disciplined yeah. Yeah, and manage the game, which we, which in this case was Delph. It wasn't, I think it was the 70th minute, actually. So he brought Delph on in that case. But Bernard, for me, was was probably man of the match. I mean, I think on the instant match reaction, I said I gave it to Richarlison because it was, it was a very well-taken goal and he looked like he was at the races. So um, just on that note, again, I, I think... You know, after the derby, he was one of the players who I think I criticised for a lack of output rather than lack of effort, and it was starting to frustrate me a little bit. He was the match winner on Saturday. Clearly, with his goal, he won the match. It was a, even though it was a well worked move, he was given the ball with his back to goal in the area, and he and he finished it with the style and and class and conviction that you expect from a Brazilian international. With the price tag that he's had, and I know you, you I was, last week to say I was gutted when he when I seen that he'd scored yeah, that, well, I, and I looked at the goal on Twitter, and it was like, ah, oh, it's a worldy goal as well. He took it so well, yeah, because like, the last like what the last month or so at least, I've been insane. I've been he's proper criticised. Yeah. I've been on you say, and but to be fair to him, that he didn't have to take that well. And as you're saying, he, he's played really well in the game as well. But that's what we should be getting every week, and and that was my point. It, it's not like all right, at times there has been poor service, but he gets the ball in around the area in decent areas every week, he doesn't finish with that level of, you know, conviction and, and, and composure that, that he's in. And you're not going to get that if you're not, you know, there's very few players in the world who do that every single week, but every other week, or or there should be moments in the match every week that he does something like that. He doesn't play with that, you know, that, you know, the assurance that he plays on Saturday. So it was good to see. Um and and again, that that's all I was getting at last week. I, I just feel as though we we do we should see a little bit more of that. And what I will say, and, and I'm going to come on to the, the, the manager in a moment. I've, something that happened during the week. I haven't released like a a video on Facebook of like training and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It was like four minutes long. And it was kind of thirty seconds from each section of the training, and a large chunk of the training. And I know this was like a PR exercise as well, but a massive chunk of the training was around finishing it was just in the final phase and it was it seemed like nearly the whole game was just whole well, literally 50% of the session was get releasing the ball into the final phase and playing opposed 1v1 against the man in the box and trying to get your shot away so you could hear the coach in the background which is Ancelotti's son just saying finish 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 so you had to basically get yourself into a posed position 3v1 and you weren't allowed to use either of the other two you just had to beat the man on your own and score and literally, that was the position he found himself in on Saturday. Mm. And, it, and it's a position in any Premier League game that you should expect to be in. You're never going to be, or you're very rarely going to be free in the box. You're yeah, always yeah. going to, you know, particularly against you know, a pretty defensive side or a solid side like Brighton, you're normally going to be marked by someone. So to give the manager and maybe the team, coaching team, a little bit of credit, they clearly worked on working the ball into the area and going, go on, what can you do then? You're good enough. You should be good enough against big, Giraffes like Brighton have got the <laughs> biggest back three I've ever yeah. seen. Big lads, like yeah. Dunk, Duffy, and the other fella who's like six foot six. Yeah, or I something. can't remember his name. He yeah, scores a couple recently. He's he? massive, but yeah, it's it's um. So again, credit to them. It, oh, you know, I'm not saying they've made Bernard uh, Richarlison a better player, but maybe they're just they're placing them demands on him. If you get the ball in the air, you can't just pass the book. 
you, mm. you've got to go and take sometimes the take the responsibility and get your shot on goal. So good performance from him and, and obviously a well taken goal. The midfield was you surprised by the Sigurdsson inclusion. I was just getting onto that. Yeah, well, David Davis Davis and midfield Davis and Schneiderlin was the two midfielders. I did say on Thursday on Radio City, and I'm not sure if I mentioned it last week. He was going to have to play one of them because Delph, because of what has happened in the media, was never going to start. Because of his whole reaction on social media, yeah. and, you know, it it wouldn't have been the right statement from the manager or the club for him to start the game, and I'm not sure it would have put the fans in the in the best of moods as well. Um, having said that, it was never going to put the the fans in the best of moods by seeing Schneider and Sigurdsson on the team sheet. <laughs> but Sigurdsson got the nod. A game was given the captain's armband, and I don't know if that was just a little bit of a nod from Ancelotti to go. Well, look, you, you're going to have to deal with him at the moment because he's going to be in the team. Um, he had a decent game, Sigurdsson. Uh, you know, he didn't. Certainly didn't pull up trees, but you know there was clearly a a message from the manager that he expected them to be more direct and to play forwards because the first twenty twenty five minutes every ball had come into him was fizzed into the front men or he was trying to thread balls through. He was putting early crosses into the box. After twenty minutes, that pretty much just worn off, and it was like, oh, I haven't been successful. I'm just going to revert back to type. So he had a good twenty five minutes, and overall, I think personally, and I know. I might not get the agreements the Everton fans. He does always put a shift in. He runs around, and I know his work is sometimes um, not productive on and off the ball. But he does run around, and he, and he does put pressure on players, and and he certainly done that at the weekend. Tom Davies has a, a decent game as well. He's you know I think with Tom Davies, if he gets a good run in the team and he feels like the manager believes in him, we've seen this before. You can get you know you can get the best out of Tom Davies and in a, in a certain system. And he seems like he, he, you know, he took to the task on Saturday, and you know, hopefully he can he can remain in the side. Um, the forwards, well, I just obviously spoke about Richarlison. Uh, Walcott was in there again. He was just typical Walcott. He he, he ran up and down. He was a threat in behind, but the, you no know, the end product. Pro- the end, pre- end, end product was was n- nowhere to be seen, and he departed the pitch, and it was it was a weird little like. Don't really want to talk politics on the podcast, but it was a bit of a Tory walk around the pitch there, like arrogant, like kind of clapping underhandedly, and it, it just is a whole demeanour. Going just, through the motions. Yeah, sort of exactly. Eddie, he strolled. I mean, he come off. It was one of them where he was on the opposite touchline when the you know the number went up, and he kind of strolled off and walked slowly all the way around the pitch. And I was like, the fans felt the need to clap him because he was walking past, but it was just like. You're done here. Yeah, we're just, we're just the fans are wearing it, and you're and his his art wearing yeah, it. It's yeah. just like a mutual sort of yeah. All right, but this is expected of us. But you know, as yeah. you say, you it feels like there's a realization with Walcott, doesn't it? Though, well, well, one thing I will say though, to to his credit, to a certain degree, he should have had a penalty in the first five minutes. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, it was a ludicrous decision. Mm. How VAR can not give that as a penalty is completely beyond me. When someone pulls your arm. And manages to spin you like ninety degrees the other way, and and pretty much stop you in the path because he's he hasn't been able to run at the same pace or even in the same direction for a good five yards. I was I was Do he you not think the only him? reason they've denied it is because he's got a, shot, he got a off. shot off. But he but he would have had a, an easy shot yeah, off because yeah, he of would course. have just been level with the ball, side foot, and he was having to like lash at it because he he'd been stopped in his tracks. I mean, I seen it, and when Vard didn't give it, I started slating Walcott because I thought. He must have made. He must have made a meal must have of threw it. himself. But when you look at it back, he didn't. Yeah. He tried to keep running, and it's like you's going on about it, and we we say we criticise Salah for going down or whatever. It was but exactly similar to the Newcastle he, one where yeah. he gets pulled on the shoulder and span, and yeah. then Salah over exaggerates the fall. But if he didn't do it, wouldn't have got the. If, if Walcott was done that, he's got. The, he, he's a think. He's got the penalty. Exactly. Just lose a Christa. 
players are still when VAR is there, you think why are they getting punished? And I think I made the point to you saying you shouldn't have to do that anymore because there's, there's yeah, VAR there, exactly. but clearly yeah. you do, and it, yep. it sets the wrong precedent. It's yep. it's it's atrocious, really. You've still got to do it because it's still only another. I know that it's video assisted and he gets the all the angles, but it's still only another referee and. You know, the, the on-field ref should have seen that. He should he should have been in a position to, to make the decision and see it himself anyway, or the linesman. Yeah. And if not, then that, that video assistant definitely should have. But at the same time, he's seeing what the ref's seen anyway. And if they're, they're looking at us in the, at the point of he's got a shot off, he's he's been... Maybe they're looking at it as he's still in control of himself when he's getting a shot off, even though he's lashing at it. Then that's why they've not given it. But, but, but that's it. It's the clear and obvious test, isn't it? Yeah. Where the referees looked at it and thought, well, he still managed to get a shot off. You know, he yeah. hasn't. He hasn't gone down. He it, must I can't have been give a pen. So because the ref hasn't given it, VAR are looking their test is is it a clear and obvious mistake? The referee's seen it and mm. not give a pen, so they don't want to yeah, give it because they communicate as well. And don't that, they? So he said, I've seen him pull him, but he's he's still managed to stay on his feet, get a shot off. So, sort of, he's had the advantage to get a shot away. And, and if he said that to them, then they can't then say, okay, I'll well. be honest, and, and you're probably the same when we, when we come on to your discussion on, on your game. I couldn't care less what the process is. It's broke. It doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I agree. It's not absolutely right. fundamentally I'm, I'm, sick, I'm sick of trying to rationalise yeah. their no, decision because yeah. they're wrong. Uh, yeah. and, and that's yeah. the bottom line of it. You want to know whether it's right or wrong. And the whole point of ours is they're going to get it right now, mm. or it's going to be 99% right. It's not. It's 50 50. You know, there's a there's a, there's a goal at the end of the game where Calvert Lewin shoulders it in. It's clearly his shoulder. Mm. It's not his arm. It's his shoulder, and he disallowed the goal. But the, it was weird. Like no one celebrated the goal, and it was as though the players were like, "I can see that this is going to get checked, so we might as well just wait." Yeah. And it was just it just again it was it just killed it, and 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 that then leads on to the fact that we didn't score that second goal, which which was fairly late. It started to become a little bit difficult for us, and um, you know we controlled the game, the, the the game for the majority of it, um, probably 60, 60 minutes, sixty five minutes. The changes started to come after that point, and Ancelotti could see, you know, Brighton was starting to wrestle a bit of the ball back, and we're starting to get a bit of momentum. Um, I, I said on the the post uh, the the instant match reaction um, that I was a, I I wasn't impressed, if you like, by or I didn't feel the subs particularly helped. Um, the Delphine, I understand because Bernard's was starting to tire as he does in games general, uh, generally. You know, bringing Delphine and putting an experienced and an able body in the midfield was going to help with, you know, trying to help us get a little bit more possession. He then bought um, he bought Coleman on for Walcott, which I understand to a certain degree because maybe Walcott wasn't at his most effective. But then you've got two right backs on the pitch. He then bought Mina on. Um, for was it Richarlison or something like Calvert Lewin? But it was for one of our forward players, and at that point, I'm starting to think you really, you know, it was you really putting our backs to the wall. It was, it was Luca Dean, so he's, he's brought a centre back on for Luca Dean, which, and then put Holgate left back, which basically said, right, I've got a back four now, and it's a flat back four mm. because I've got Coleman in there, and I've got another right back playing in front of Coleman. So it really did put us. Very deep, almost to the same, you know, to the yeah, extent inviting of being, them on, being, yeah. yeah, we we invited them on because we had no real threat anymore on the break, and I don't know if it was a mentality thing with our players thinking, oh, I can see what's happening here. They're, they're going to get an equaliser, and and I can't criticise the manager for that because he hasn't worked with the players long enough to do that. But I, I just felt as though we we got off the hook and he got off the hook because in that period of time that we made them substitutions and ju- shortly after it, they had their two best chances of the game. For me, that's no coincidence. They should have took 
one of them at least. Uh, Glenn Murray uh, misses a, a guilt edge chance, um, and Job, Jordan Pickford makes a save off one of them. So, well, I mean, you look at the nature of their line, their start, their their forward line. So, as you say, Glenn Murray, Glenn Murray isn't going to be galloping on beyond defenders, you know, beating them for pace or anything. He's going to want to play in games where the defensive line's really deep, you know, and he can mix it up and balls can get played into him, and he's in and around the box That's on it. the edge of the area. So. To combat a Brighton threat, you almost High want a pitch. higher line. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and by doing all that with the defenders, you've you've invited them yeah. on to suit their strengths, deep yeah. balls into the box. And That's stuff. it. And and I don't know if that was again, like you say, whether it was that a lack of knowledge of the opposition, which I don't believe someone of his experience would have has a lack of knowledge of the opposition. But uh, look, whatever the reason is, um, look, he's he's got the he's got the win. He's got a one 0 win, and and, he, and again, it's another clean sheet under his belt as a manager. And you know, to a certain degree, the changes. You know, we've we've got the results, so it doesn't really matter. But I'm looking at it and thinking we did have control for the majority of the game, and we were a threat to them. We were far more of a threat to them than they were us. But the minute that we start to bring bring those defenders in, it, it did. You know, the crowd could feel it. Like, oh, he, he's not sure here, and and I'm sure the players feel it. You know, if you're a you're a centre mid or you're a forward, and you see your manager bringing the centre back on for your attacking fullback, you know subconsciously that's a message from the manager right we're, we're sitting back and taking yeah, this which 1-0 up, up at home there's nothing wrong with that but I, I don't know it's a proper Italian league way to play in it well yeah you think, you think of how many times you see Italian games or Italian teams and they'll win 1-0 and you know what I'm, I've got no problem with that don't get me wrong but I don't think this team and this squad are yeah, you to do that yeah haven't got the personnel at the moment he needs his own players to be able to do it yeah and I, I'm not sure we're quite ready for that on that note, though, I'll have to, and I think we have to give some credit to, to Jordan Pickford, another player who come under fire after the after the derby. Um, not the personally, I think he could so much about that ridiculous strike from from Curtis Jones, but I just think it's the old Anfield's who's who, and, and he's another player that the the attitude tends to kind of come before everything else with him. When when you lose, and he's just not the type of character and. The, the type of person that you take to, and I don't think many Everton fans ever have talked to him, but he has a good game on, on Saturday, and it was a big part of, obviously, that clean sheet, so so credit to him. And another player, though, in the bracket of, all right, it was a decent performance, but we need to see more from you, and, you know, we need to see more of the, if you're going to retain your place in that squad long term, you know, need to see more of what you've got to offer as a goalkeeper, not just about, you know, your mouth and, and maybe your distribution every now and again. Um, but look, it was a pleasing, pleasing three points. Um, I think it was, it was another. It gave us a, again another um, idea of, of the way that maybe Ancelotti is going to go about uh, turning things around. A, a lot was made of you know the time that Alize had as at Everton and the fact that he picked up wins and stuff like that. And it was like, well, he got your wins, so why are you so against it? At, at the moment, he's almost done that in the way that you know it's one nils, it's two ones. It's not in kind of that's. Um, Really gonna set the you know set the world alight, and it's certainly not raising many eyebrows. But we are playing good footy as well. To be it fair, it's a foundation though, doesn't it? You know it does, I mean? yeah. It's a launch pad, don't you? It does, but we are playing good football in the first hour. I think I I said to the lads on on Saturday, his, his game plan seems to be look come out aggressively and let's try and let's try and get the game won. And and if we do get the game won with three or four nil, we can continue to play in that manner. But he's pra- he's pragmatic enough to know that at one nil and even at two nil. The game's very much still in the balance and he's certainly shown so far that he will make changes and he will try to keep or, you know, keep control of the game or, you know, keep those three points in the bag for as long as he possibly can. You know, he's not gonna be naive and, and go chasing another goal when really we can just, you know, be a bit more efficient and get the job done. Just before you move away from, from Everton, 
I'd be interested to get your thoughts on, obviously, it was quite publicly um, reported that a group of fans went down to the training ground, you know, and met with Marcel Brands and stuff like that. I mean, what was your opinion on that? And in a w- I know Ancelotti came out and said it's normal in Italy, you know, that that sort of thing happens. So he's like, I've got no problem with it. Do you think that sets a bit of a precedent, though, that any time now that there might be an issue, like you get groups of fans going down and, and is that a good thing or is that, you know, almost a... A, a bad development in that it becomes, you know, a norm where you end up with these fan with fans being able to dictate and 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 sort of, you know, f- given. I'm I'm just worried, wondering what your thoughts are on it really because I I've got mixed feelings on one hand. I think it's it's a good thing, and on the other hand, I'm thinking, but does it set a bit of a worrying precedent? Let, let's get the let's get the story straight first of all, and and this has been this was obviously confirmed by you know one of the fans who went down there on Talksport. They went down there to, to kind of voice their dissatisfaction of the fact that these play, players who are paid very highly have not been really treated in the same way that our last three or four managers have mm-hmm. been. And he and he comes down to they come down to kind of ask the question of you know is there a plan here to, plan? to kind of make them accountable or to to move forwards with it and. Again, to be fair to the fan group or the group of fans, they haven't, they, you know, they haven't, resu- you know, released the transcript of what was said in the meetings, and that must have been something that was obviously said. Look, I'm happy to speak to you, and I'm happy to speak to you on many occasions, but it can't be released to the press. What I'm, what I'm going to mm. say, but it was rumoured that what was <coughs> discussed is that look, it, our hands to a certain degree, and, and Marcel Brands and his team, I suppose, their hands are tied by the fact that a lot of decisions were made before he came to the club. Obviously, without mentioning individual names on their side, and I think we know who it is. It's you know the likes of even Cheng Tosin, who's just just left. It was on big wages. Um, Sandro, Sandro Ramirez, yeah. um, obviously Gilfie Sigurdsson was signed. He's on big wages. Schneiderlin is on big wages. There are players there that that are very hard to shift for that. You know because of that reason. Um, so you know that I think to going back to your question, I don't think it's necessarily something you want to happen ever but it was a, like I said last week it was a bizarre set of circumstances that sees your you know a, a, a really infuriating set of circumstances that sees a, a team full of senior pros that are on the amount of money they're on and the mm. cost the amount of money that the squad did to assemble gets beat by a team of kids whatever way you put it so it was I don't think it is going to be something that you're, you're very you're ever going to see repeated because I don't think the club was entertaining it. It'd be like, get do you want news? There's but, no but, need for it. Ancelotti sort of entertained it though by publicly. Well, no, out, he hasn't. He, he hasn't. He hasn't entertained it. The question was, have you ever seen anything like that? And he said, yeah, it's it happens all the time. Italy. Italy. Now, I don't think he was saying I'm happy with it. He was mm. just saying, I'm, it doesn't upset me. I think the fans have got a right, and he was kind of diffusing it by saying, when something like that happens, the fans have got a right to demand answers and 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 to. But all we can do as a, as a team is to answer it on the pitch and. Just to just to credit the fans, obviously me being one of them on Saturday, there wasn't there wasn't the um, you know the chorus of boos that people were expecting. That there was the, there was still the anger and animosity towards what had happened the week before, but there was very much the okay, well let's wait. There wasn't the same yeah. excitement or you know real come on like you know all that type of stuff when the team's team come out and there wasn't that in the first five or ten minutes. We were just waiting in anticipation yeah, to see what the players had to A&R, offer. Our, our, yeah. our response, yeah, yeah. And 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 they did come out and, and and even when we scored the goal, it was like it was a cheer of, you know, whatever you know when whenever you score. But then Richarlison runs away, made up because he scored a really good goal. The other players kind of recognised that we can't get too carried away. Yeah, they kind of slowly jogged over and allowed Richarlison to lap the the applause of forgetting the goal. But they kind of didn't want to join in and go, mm-hmm. you know, look at us as well. 
So I think there was an appreciation from the players that there's a long way to go before to the fans them. are gonna yeah, conscious, yeah yeah exactly before the fans are gonna accept that this is a team that we're gonna really you know go above and beyond to get behind. Mm. Uh, but credit to the fans, we did they did get behind the team as much as was you know due on on Saturday, and there was a a chorus of you know ch- you know whatever, applause at the end to recognise that these all going to get the win as well. Yeah, and I mean, you, you mentioned that they touched on it a little bit and obviously we're in the middle of a transfer window now. Now, outside looking in, I, I actually thought you'd see Everton spend big, you know, Very quickly, and, yeah. Ancelotti had almost come in and you've got a promise of money to spend and stuff, but if financial fair, if, if, if the transcripts are to be believed as what's came out, that financial play, fair play is tying your hands so, so badly, is that worrying for you in this transfer window? Do you, do, you know, because... Ancelotti, it feels like there are positions that he needs to strengthen, you know, particularly yeah, midfield. Th- there is, but let's not forget that, you know, Marco Silva got sacked because he wasn't getting the best out of this group of players. So mm. I think Ancelotti has acknowledged as an experienced manager, the first and foremost, he's got to try and maximise what he's got in front of him. And I think he's, you know, he's had a few games to do that now and to see what he's got at his disposal and to probably say to Marcel Brands and the boards, well, actually, I can probably work with him. We mm. maybe don't need to get rid of him right now. If it's if, it, if it's more in the club's interest to retain him till the summer, I can work with that. But I think he says himself openly the mid- central midfield positions need addressing. Yeah, there was no way in a, in, a, in an ideal world that Sigurdsson would have started on Saturday. No way, you know, Schneidlin. whatsoever. You know, Schneider was he was on the bench. I think he was on the bench on on Saturday. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was there was a many pl- there was a lot of players there that you wouldn't have seen. But the central midfield positions are ones that are. Really tying his hands from a tactical perspective, there's not much you can do. The fact you're having to bring a centre back on and a full back on when really you just wanted a couple of centre mids to yeah, show it, it up. Yeah, it up. Yeah, that would have that would have sufficed, and it and it is making his job a lot more difficult. He said he wants and expects a centre midfielder in this window. I think uh, like you alluded to there, the question is, are we going to have the 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 budget to be able to do that without? Walking the line from a financial fair play mm. perspective, in an ideal world, I still think that brands would like to try and offload some of the players we've got to make sure that we are in a position to go and invest in the right player rather than just picking up whoever we can. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's the you'd ma- you'd imagine and like to think that that's the type of stuff that's going on behind the scenes now. But I've got no doubt whatsoever that we will get one or two people like it, like at all the January windows that was probably going to end up going right to the wire. Mm. Yeah, it's just so you know, it, it, with it being the transfer window, it, 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 when you see that come out, it, it it sort of gets you thinking, doesn't it? As to you is know, this how, the, how is the, the PR thing of going, well, you know, if it doesn't happen, then this is why it's happening. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, po- possibly. And and I suppose that um, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna think that way, then there's every possibility that that is the case, and that that's why that, that those types of stories were leaked. Um, but yeah, we can only wait and see. I'd be highly surprised if the manager was still, you know, carrying that line of saying, you know, I expect to sign a central midfielder or at least one or two players in the window. I'd be surprised he hadn't toned that down by now, but mm. we'll see. And, and I, I do honestly believe that it's more the fact that the manager's trying to prove to the board and everyone else that actually I can work with these group of players and you've, you've, you've made the right decision in sacking the manager because this team can win games. But if you want to go on from just winning games by one goal, I need a little bit more. Yeah. Which yeah. is what I think he, he will get over, over time. One to keep an eye on. Definitely. Um, obviously, moving on to to your game later in the day, we, we I think I, st- I stuck behind for the first half to watch it in the pub and looking at looking at the fixture. And I think I kind of previewed it on your put it on your toes last week. We expected it to be a Jose Mourinho parking the bus and making it fairly difficult for you. Does it does it pan out that way? 
Yeah, very much so. He, you know, he didn't. I don't think he had his, his usual back five with the the two olden midfielders in front, but he certainly did play very, very deep and and allowed us to have the ball. Didn't really use his forward players to pressure press as much up the pitch until like. Second half, second half, yeah. 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 There was a couple he, of he, he couple of breakaway chances in the first yeah, half, but not, they, they not came from our mistakes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't so much them. Their game plan, their game plan was sit in, let us have the ball, try not to concede, which obviously they did. But even after that, they, they continued to just play the same way. Didn't didn't I thought it changed sooner than it did. They, 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 there wasn't like a noticeable change, and you know it, it was a bit. Our performance was a bit shaky one at times. You know, we we were very controlled. We we you know we were definitely controlled in the game. We we were never, we were never like under the cosh or anything like that. But especially early on, there was a few mistakes. It was a bit like a bit of complacency sitting yeah, in there. I, it seemed. I I'll, I'll I'll differ to you on that one. I think it was later on. Now I the first the first thing for me to say is like I think Mourinho did come to sort of sit in. I think he's looked at what United have done in the last two seasons against us with five at the back. With full backs, you know, that's what he'd done. He puffed Danny Rose in there, who's barely fit. You know, he's only just came back be- to give him that attacking wing back on that side, which he hasn't had in Vertonghen, because Vertonghen normally sits deep. Mm. Um, and then he had Aria, who can't defend, so he's better getting used as more of a, an attacking wing back anyway. Um, and then he, he basically played three centre halves, you know, so it was a five at the back set up. And now, what I was pleased to see is that Klopp's partly enforced because we didn't have really anyone else in the midfield available with Fabinho being injured, Milner being injured, and whatnot. But it's 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 almost like he expected Mourinho to set up that way, and he's put Oxley Chamberlain in there because he gives you that drive from the centre midfield area. Now I think we started the game quite brightly. You know, we created a couple of chances early on. We probably should have been two up. You know, in, in very short order, very quickly. You know, we we had good good opportunities, um, and I think first half it was very much us in control, dictating the game. As you say, they were letting us have the ball. You know, they, there was not much of a threat coming from them. Um, and I think it was it, it was definitely our game, but it was more the second half that once we got the goal and, and, and took the lead, we got to that hour, 70-minute mark, and I think we did look leggy. We looked tired. And then there was an... L, for the first time in a long time, it was a Liverpool team that some players were just booting the ball. You know, just like, I don't want it at my feet here. Just sort of... Getting rid. Just getting rid into, yeah. you know, just giving the ball away cheaply. And it was almost like tired minds, tired legs. And there was one or two occasions where a couple of players thought, I can turn this ball round the, ed- round the edge, but because of tiredness, stuff wasn't coming off and things. And it, it it invited them on and sort of gave them a lift. The crowd, you could hear that their crowd were up for a little bit, like we can still get in this game. And I think that was the point that it turned for me. And I think, you know, they showed Klopp, like he was going bananas, you know, and oh I think yeah, he said that after the chance yeah. with Aurier crossed there. And, and I think that, you know, is symptomatic of the fact that he was looking at this is very unlike my team, you know, to sort yeah. of to but I think it was a mental tiredness and, and maybe a physical tiredness. And there was I was watching it with Phil and Phil made the point that are we better playing every third or fourth day? You know, I to was gonna make that, that point myself momentum. now because you you look back from from like last season when we were getting them big them long breaks and we were thinking you know this will be good for us we'll get get the uh, tiredness out of us we'll you know we'll be refreshed we'll go into games and they they were the times when we drop points yeah. and 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 last season again December was like sort of made us didn't it it was eight games in in December and we won all we won eight more, and yeah. same again this time we've gone into December the only game we've lost has been when we've had the kids out against a Villa team mm. a, a strong Villa team and. You know, it's it, it it is looking like, and I think Klopp even said it in his interview after the game. He, he said, you know, we were getting to the point where we're we're getting some more more time in between games, which is good for the legs and stuff. But 
you do the consequence of that is you lose your momentum and you lose the your fluidity in, in, in mm. amongst the like your gameplay and stuff and it is right but you, you've got to, we've got to deal with that you know we've got to make make sure that we're using it as a positive having having this break and not having not playing every three days you know there's going to come a time where we are playing more regularly again when the champions league yep. starts again and, and you know the the next rounds of the fa cup comes things like that we've got to play our game in hand against west Ham. so there is going to come a time where we need where we're not going to have a break so we need to use this properly and make sure we're, we're using it in the right way and, and making sure we're fresh and, and using the fresh legs and getting the results, you know, we've got the result there, which we deserve. Yeah, that's the rightly crucial so thing, as obviously. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think rightly so. I don't think anyone can really have any, any sort of like, you know, point that Spurs really deserve to win. Um, I mean, it's an argument that the last twenty minutes, you know, they were in the game, it's like they might have nicked a point or whatever. But on balance of the game, I think we were definitely value for the for the three points. To be honest, um, what what was your thoughts on the midfield? Because I'll be honest, I, I thought Jordan Henderson was. Not at as normal. Yeah, he's been imperious, hasn't he? The last couple of weeks, you know, his form has yeah. been phenomenal. And I did think that he looked a little bit sort of frenetic and lost in the midfield in the first half. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit weird. I, I think early on, this is what I was getting at before when when I said that, like the about early on, he was like, was like dawdling on the ball a little bit, and he, he was he was slow to release it. Whereas normally he won't let anyone come near him, and he'd get rid of it so that yeah, he's yeah. not in any danger. It, it seemed to me, as I say, early doors, he was he was getting caught out a little bit a couple of times on the ball. Later, he grew into the game definitely, and he 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 improved without a doubt. But yeah, as I say, early on, he, he was a bit like that. Why Aldum? Yeah. You said they're a bit leggy. He's the one who gave the ball away when Son had, had that good chance. He blazed over, which is completely unlike him. He, mm. He's one of the ones who you think he's when he's got it at his feet, you just don't get the ball off him. He, he uses his backside so well. Yeah, he's so strong, isn't he? He's dead strong, yeah. Shield, Joe Gomez as well, I thought was a little bit cheeky. Gomez was like, he had like one of them lover moments, didn't he? And it was know, the one where he's come out and he's him and Trent are challenging each other for the ball. And uh, yeah, and it's and there was others where he was getting really tight to players and getting span. I think, yeah, and I was like, unnecessarily. I, I, I think it's very pointed that Klopp came out and said, I think there's a couple of play, almost basically saying, I think there's a couple of players there who we need like uh, not believing their own hype. I think that that wasn't what he said, but the, you know there was there was some comments that. He said, "I think sometimes we we just need to remember, you know, like although we've been winning every game, don't believe your own yeah. hype." He he made a very pointed way of basically saying, "Let's keep a lid on it." And he said there was like almost an arrogance, you know, that yeah. maybe just wasn't quite warranted. Do you know what? We we may have needed a, a game like a that. Little, yeah, a little you reality know, sometimes check. sometimes you do. We haven't dropped points, but there's been there's been a few moments in the game where. You know, you've the, the little lapse in concentration or little mistake here and there, and then you know, hopefully that's that sort of will, will put them back on it for the next game, which mm. is a, you know, it's, it's a massive game in, in United coming to Anfield. So, yeah, you know, it, it, if if we can take that from the game and we've come away f- with three points on our first visit to the stadium, you know, and, and let's not get away from the the records we've now broke. Yeah, you know, it, it's an unreal record. That it's all top five d- divisions in Europe, isn't it? The yeah, best the start of a team yeah. ever. After twenty-one games, so win yeah. twenty games, it's 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 unreal, Alan. And well, and it's a thirty-eight game unbeaten. If it, obviously it's not a season, but in terms of th- the last thirty-eight league games, it's unbeaten, which yeah. you know would be an invincible season if it was done in a in a season at like a point to yeah, point. Fingers crossed, we can. But do you know what? What kills me about that record? That should be twenty-one out of twenty-one. Yeah. That United yeah. game is just disgusting, and the fact that it's them that stopped us winning. Yeah, but it was so, it was well. so frustrating because you knew exactly what they were going to do yeah. because they'd done it the season yeah. before, and we played into it, and uh, and uh, it, it 
at that point, you know, we'll get on to the United game at, later on it, in the show. It, 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 that point is we've got Fabinho who's coming back and will the temptation be to put Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum back in in that midfield? Probably going to be playing against the five-man back line against United. Again. You need an, an, an attack and impetus in that United midfield. United have got the tails up as well at the, at the moment. Mm. Just come back to your comment before though, Gary. You can say that. But there's also been games along the way, i.e., you know, Wolves at home and Wolves Sheffield United Villa. away. Villa, uh, Tottenham on Saturday, where easily they could have put one of them chances away. There's good Chelsea as well. You've had, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's luck. It's not. It balances itself over the season and, and the performances you put in have justified at times. So look, but you can't say, oh yeah, well no, it should no. be 21 Listen, when really it what, could be 17 on another Listen, year. What a, last what year, a it, you know, complaint to have. No, it's, I mean? it, I'm yeah. not, you're it's, not saying it should be 21. It's more that yeah. oh, is it like yeah. it's horrible that it's not on the back. And the fact it's that them. it was them as well, yeah, you yeah. know, it was. And, and at a time where they weren't at the best, and we we were probably flying, we were flying at the time, and it was a, it was that game was a chance for us to really put them to the sword, and we never. And mm. that that's what it is. That's annoying me. Not not so much. At, you know, I, I'm not deluded in the fact that you know we battered it all 20 games that we won. We haven't, but. You know, the, just that game that sticks out. It was a, it was a chance for us to really yeah, stick yeah. one. No, I, I I get that. Um, but yeah, back to the back to the Tottenham game. You know, I, I I liked I liked how the front three worked. Yeah, you know, I thought the, Firmino was brilliant. Yeah, Firmino. That that's the best he's been for a long time. There, you know, his goal, the, the way, the movement, the touch to just take the man out. The game was just like oh. Yeah, it was like he was getting a shot off before he's even realised he was past him. Yeah, it was unreal. But but not not just that. It was. I don't think the front three have clicked low very much no, at all no. this season. It's been no. one or the other, or yeah. something's been the and case. And I think in this it? game, they they were all on it. They, without being flashy and anything like that, they were all they were close together all the time. They were they were working well together. They were passing little nice neat passes or in in like interchanging Intricate, between yeah. them. And you know they weren't they weren't holding the positions. They were very fluid right right across. You know Mane was finding himself on the right, Salah on the left, Firmino on the left. It, it was there was loads of that going on in the game, which. You know, if you think back to to the season, Salah got us forty five goals or whatever it was. That's what we were like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were coming from everywhere, and you know, if if that continues and you can you can get that going again, that rhythm going again, then God help the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it, you're right. I I was really impressed with the front end, as I say, Firmino and, and Mane and Salah. But Firmino for me was the, he was the pick of the three. Yeah, the Blues will be screaming at the at the at the radios or whatever they're listening on if I don't mention the the Andy Robertson challenge. Um, <coughs> it, it's it, you know it's it's obviously a it's one where in my opinion and I know there's there's some blues will be a lot further right on this one is in right wing and, and saying it's it's a red card all day long it could easily have been given a, as a red card you, you've got to acknowledge that what I'd say is if it was given as a red card I don't think it's got overturned but it wasn't even a foul it, yeah it, but there's it a, wasn't there's, a foul. A, there's a lot of there's a lot of red cards that won't. Yeah, no by, one, by, but, I know. But you say it's not a foul by the laws of the game. Because they say it is dangerous. Challenge that endangers the yeah. opponents is yeah. <coughs> is a foul whether you take the ball first or not. Because if the ball's in the air, I could do a flying kung fu kick, touch the ball first, and then kick someone in the face, and and you know put them in a coma. Yeah. Do you know I, what I mean? I, so I th- you can't. I think the the point I'd say on Man, it, I, 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 yeah. you know, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Follow through matters. You know, in terms of it, just getting the ball first doesn't you know rule it out from being a foul or a dangerous play. The thing that I'd say, you know, you've, the stills make it look really, really bad. Yeah, of course. Mill, watch it, Mills loves that as well. Yeah, well, but you watch it at full pace, you know, and for me, 
when when a player's on his knee sliding on the floor, you're not you're not as much out of control because there's a friction to the floor that's slowing you down anyway. You know what I mean? It's you're not off the ground completely out of control. You're able to sort of move because you're in connection with the ground. You haven't got brakes on your knees though. No, no, no. Like but like you can change the way you're sliding towards one if you're on the floor. If, if if you're completely off the floor with both feet, you've got no control over you're what not direction the way you're sliding. No, you listen, don't slide listen. On let, football, me finish, let me finish. Let me finish the point. Slide. So he's, he's mo- it's a fifty-fifty. It's a proper fifty-fifty. Both players are coming in. He gets there with his toe ahead of it. If you watch that at full pace, Robertson, although his studs connect with the shin, he's pulling out of that tackle. He's he, he is actively trying to yeah, pull his leg the ball. Yeah, he's mo- he's not he's not full f- leg stiff. You no, know, full out studs up, going right through that man coming towards him. He barely can't like connects with him. Now, I think in Robertson's mind himself, he thought that could look bad because the way he behaved afterwards, you know where he. He He's stayed rolled down, down rolls yeah, and stuff. Yeah. He's known that outside looking in, that can look bad. But if you watch that, uh, uh, watch the replays of it. He's, you know, he's, he's sliding in, he wins the ball, and then you can see him moving to try and, and stop the, and his the, leg. This is another point on, on, on VAR, and it, that's why I asked the question in the way that I did. We, we spoke a lot in, in previous weeks about the, the falseness of slowing things down on VAR and what they do to kind of determine you know, whether it was a foul, whether it was a penalty or not. And the game... When it's slowed down, I think you were talking about it in your um, the, the club championship. When I'm going to try and say what the name of that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was when we thought yeah, we the had penalty. A pen. yeah, yeah, and yeah. when it slowed right down, it doesn't look like yeah. a penalty. Just say where we became champions of the world. <laughs> I don't believe that that's the case, but I'm not going to say that. Um, but no, uh, and again, I think that's another kind of criticism of VAR because we're, we're not going to look. We, we've argued about this over WhatsApp, and I, I was of the opinion because we, we looked at the Jagielka one, we looked at the Vincent Company one. My opinion was they were all red cards. I think they're all red cards. Now, regardless of whether one was more dangerous than the other, and regardless of whether he's pulling out, it's still a dangerous challenge. So, mm, I, I, you know, you you have got to take the mentality of the player into into question. And, and I know that that was my point when we were talking about Jagielka last season. Refs know players and they know experienced players and, and, and this, that and the other, which was the only reason why I thought that maybe on that particular occasion it wasn't a red card, but I couldn't really have solid argument the, to say the, it the, wasn't. The difference is with the Jagielka one, I mean, and, and them three you've cited there, the company one I'll take first because that for me, that's a six foot three man who's absolutely a unit who's completely off the ground with both feet. He's flying into that tackle, full pelt, as, as fast as he can run, and then he's left the ground. He's got mm. absolutely no control over where his body or the direction, the, the speed of impact that he's going to hit that no, next he player. Has, he's got control of it. He knows what he's doing. No, I think but he that, hasn't he, got control, has he? Cause but he, he has. Because he he, he's got control to try and harm someone. I think that he knew exactly what he was doing well, there. Well, all right. So Not exactly. Don't get me wrong. I don't keep... You know, he he wasn't going to hit a sixpence with that challenge, but he knew he was there to go and nail someone. Yeah, all right. So, so think, his, his, in the context his full of the body game, weight yeah. and pace and momentum is behind that. He's left the ground, so if he has a change of heart once he's made that decision, he, he can't he can't do anything about it. He's he's, he's off the ground. But you're now, saying no, no. Right, so yeah. just let me finish. So I think the company one is a clear yeah, red right. card. Okay. Andy was last man. All right. Andy but, was last but man. Let me so just no. Let me just finish. So Andy was last man. The right. Jaggy Elk one, I actually didn't think it was a sending off in terms of but the severity of the foul. Before but he was last man. You do go to the Jagielka one though. Just figuring, just honing in on what you said about companies. He, he can't back out, and and you know he's he's jumped up and he, he's going to hit the man. You're saying Robertson tried to pull out, but he stood still, hit the lad's shin. Yeah. So he's tried to pull out. 
yet he still got the lads on the shin. No, but it's mem- with his, the, momentum, with his studs. the momentum matters, mate. You know, when you leave the ground, both 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 feet off the air, and your studs showing, you can't change. Does. Really, I, I know it does. But you're saying, and and you're right, and I think you think you are right. I think I don't think he's gone into hurt him, not not whatsoever. He was going to go into hurt him. He would have done it in a different way, but he's tried to pull out. Yet his studs have still collided with his shin. So. You know, he hasn't got full control, has he? If he had full control, there wouldn't have been any contact. Yeah, he hasn't got full control. That's what I said. It's a 50-50. Both players are coming in. You haven't got full control, but at the same time, he hasn't gone completely through the man either. It was only it was only that the other player didn't put his foot forward. He actually planted his foot. Mm. That made Robertson... Made the still look worse. Look worse yeah. because it, his legs, his foot's planted. If he was going studs up at the same time, they wouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there wasn't enough momentum between oh, the two players to cause I think, call, I think, I think in that, in that situation, it's, it's two yellow cards because they probably both... I, I don't know. If the ball like flies up in the air, it's probably a yeah, great I, tackle. I, I think them, Robertson, if you're going to give a foul, I think you, you could give a buchan. I think a red card would be harsh. He wasn't last man. I don't think there was malicious intent in the foul. He, he did get something on the ball first. And as I said, he does. Tr- you can see the, the way last, he The last man one, though, with Jagielka, just to go back, because we've spoke about the other two now, the last man one didn't happen because the ball goes the other way. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think the Jagielka ones are sending no, off. No, but you're, you're bringing the last man but, thing into it. Yeah, but he was the last man. I mean, it wasn't like a, a guaranteed goal because it was quite high up the pitch, if I remember right. It rightly. was, it was in between the halfway. But the other thing is, though, the ball goes in the other direction anyway. So yeah, he's yeah. Really gone past them. But it's a, it's a foul, and I think in the snap, point of time the referee's looked he's the last Everton player there before you know if he gets past him he's in on goal he's a long way from goal I didn't think the Jaggy Elkman said that on this podcast mm-hmm. I didn't think that was a it was a sending off I think it was a booking you know, it was one of them. And if Robertson, if you're going to give it as a foul, I'd give that as a booking as well because I don't think there was malicious intent. I don't think there was enough momentum to really say that was an out of control, dangerous tackle. You know, did their lad even really roll around on the floor? Did he even feel it? You know, he, it, went, he went down he went and sort down, of like, like had a little uh, look to see I, whether then was going to happen, but then got up. Kind of it. I mean, look, as I said, I was, I was going to say this before uh, we, we got onto that next part of the argument. I don't think we'd argue about it till we're blue in the face, whether we believe it or don't believe it, or whether you think it was a red card or not a red card. The other thing, again, I just don't see what value VIRs added yeah, to that yeah. situation because if the referee hasn't even pulled it up, I, I, I think he's wrong to not pull it up. I, look, I can't, I can't buy it. If that any. There's no the, inter- the interesting point on that is if Martin Atkinson isn't using the chance to book or send off a Liverpool player, then it, it isn't a foul because he's the most biased <laughs> referee against Liverpool I've ever seen. <laughs> but so, yeah, so that's a test of whether. But and I know what you're saying, but you what we don't know is the VAR after conversation with the referee. Did you see that? And if he said yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think it's a foul. Then can VAR overrule it in terms of a clear and obvious error? I don't think they can unless they think it's a red card, can they? And if they think if they say to him it's a yellow card, that it's not a it's not an is it exactly. So done. so if he said and he didn't think it was because he obviously didn't even give a foul. So yeah. it's like can VAR even step in there? I don't think it can. They can if they think it's a red card, but but, but they, they obviously but they didn't. Obviously didn't. Yeah. So it, it it it's a tough one. I, I understand why some people are thinking you know it's a. It was a definite sending off. I think when you watch it at a full pace, for me, it's it, it, it's a tough one to call. I, I, if it's a foul, it's a booking in my mind. At, at the most, a, a straight red, I think, is it, it would be harsh in my in my understanding of the, the game. The one bit I do agree with wholeheartedly with, with your point is if he's got a straight leg there and a straight leg's on the floor, he probably breaks his ankle. Possibly. Because it's a tough leg. But it's because he's bent his leg. He's kind of created a spring onto his knee and it's yeah. bounced back off it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And he's he's took the kind of resistance mm. uh, and then took it on his you know his own leg. If he keeps his legs straight there and slides with two feet together, 
and he's got his foot planted, there's a good chance he breaks his he ankle. He breaks his own foot, yeah. I, well, it, yeah, it, no, he injures himself, but he certainly mm. causes damage to Ori, I think it was, who was in there. No, it was uh, Tananga, wasn't Tang- it? Was it Tang- Tanga, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, and, and Dombele? No. Oh, no, no, it was no, the young kid. Tananga, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. came in as didn't he as one of the centre halves, one of the three centre backs. Um, <laughs> Tanganga Owen Dombele. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's his that's his first name, isn't it? Like oh, Tangalai and oh. Dombele or something like that. Yeah, but no, it's Tananga was the yeah, was the player. But yeah, I mean, for me, it, it was always going to be a talking point in this game because you know it it, it was it was everywhere afterwards. I'd, you know, I think as you say, everyone can see it slightly different ways you know Mills he'd be screaming at the podcast saying I never ever take it any other way on Liverpool I always give them the benefit of the doubt I think that's natural I think you know any opposition fan sees it one way and, and the, the fans of the, of the actual club see it the other I think on that one there's enough conjecture match of the day said it wasn't even a foul so and yeah, you know they're p- pros who played the game so if their opinion saying it's not even a foul, I, d- I don't really get out. You know, the likes of Mills, he wasn't kicked the ball down a steep hill in his life. <laughs> can actually <laughs> you know, have a better opinion of whether Mills, it's a foul yeah. or not. Well, I know he'll be talking, you know, muttering away to himself when he's listening to it in the car. So I'm just getting it out there. But listen, Reds, Blues, give us your thoughts. Um, I can imagine what the Blues thoughts are, and you know, I imagine most Reds will be in, in my camp. So, uh, but you know, if anyone's got any uh, interesting insights into this decision do send them into us across the park PC on Twitter and Instagram and across the park on Facebook. But um in terms of like the you know the the, the rest of the game it was it was a, it was an absolutely vital win because the run of fixtures we've got up looks relatively tough, you know, in, in January. Um you know we knew that we had the Spurs game, we've got United at home on Sunday. We followed that up with Wolves who I would say was our been our toughest game this season. Um definitely at Anfield. I thought Wolves were were, were, were excellent when we played them at Anfield. Um so that's gonna be a tough one. And then we obviously have West Ham at the end of the month. So, uh, you know, it, it was vitally important that against the Mourinho team, who's been our nemesis so many times, and he's got that knack of being able to set a team up to frustrate us. We've gone there to their place and beat them, you know what I mean, and come away with all three points and we march on. Yeah, and it was early early last year where we, we dropped a few points, wasn't it, as well? You know, we lost the, the City game and then we had the two draws. Leicester and West Ham, Leicester and West Ham, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's similar to December where you've got the... the like the the congestive period, this congestive. one congestive, congested. <laughs> is, is that like congested. some kind of conditioning? You you've had too much pizza. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've definitely got that. The congested period. Yeah. You know, this one's more so in the fact that you've got difficult games and, and we need to get through these games now. And you know, at, at, nobody's still no one's getting carried away. You know, we're mm. we're a ridiculous amount clear. I think we're at sixteen points or something. Or four, is it fourteen? Fourteen now, City City with the game and hand, yeah. Yeah, so it's fourteen points and. Still, we won't get carried away because we've seen it too often that where we have messed it up. And but I think if you get through this period now and you and you stay where we are, yeah, you stay where you're at. Same amount of points after January. You start to think an absolute catastrophe to to not win it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, vital win, um, important to keep the momentum up. And again, you know, this Liverpool team, just mentality. You know, even when we're not at our best, again we've got the job. Yeah, team. I think. Did you see Anderson coming off the pitch when he when Klopp was going around the team, and you, you see him mouth mouth to Klopp. Klopp, I don't know what Klopp said to him. Then he mouths to Klopp. Um, it wasn't good enough. It was yeah, effing yeah. crap basically. Yeah. Um, and you just see that we just come off there with a win at at Spurs. The standards are so high. That's it. I one one note, one mention that we haven't we haven't talked about, but something that I, you know. When I was watching it, I went, I can't believe how good he actually is, Alisson. 
I thought, even though he didn't have any spectacular saves to make, he never does. Every shot that goes near him just sticks to him. His yeah. hands are like got super glue on them or something. <laughs> yeah. He never does make spectacular saves, though. It's very rare that he does because he doesn't need to. His positioning's that good in the goal. He's, he's so his anticipation is so good that he's just in the right place all mm. the time. So when he shots that, other keepers will be having to make good saves and and he'll get all applauded for making good saves. He just takes with ease and and just diffuses any pressure yeah. and then just gets you set on your way for your, for your next and attack. There, there was a couple of them moments, you know, in that game where they did snapshots and you're like, oh, and the types of shots where... Son got one where he cut inside and, you know, the one the one where what Son blazes over, if you look at that, Son's actually aiming for that near post as well. He's not mm. even going across the keeper and Alisson's diving in the right way. The right so way. there's yeah. nothing even to say that if he, put, if he keeps that lower, that it's it going in. Yeah. I, d- I was just... I've been... He's, he, 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 the way... You know, as we all know, he's a top goalie, but quietly, every game for like the last four or five games, he's just anything that goes near him, it's just like, boom, stick to me, done, caught it, stop worrying, sorted. And he's done it again against Spurs. And it, I think if we do go on to win this league, he's gonna, he is a major part of the improvement in this Liverpool team. I can't, it, it can't yeah. be said enough how, 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 how big he's been. No, he's, he's he's had the same impact as Van Dyke's had. Yeah, it, it, it's one of them. You know, when when Van Dyke came in, you you, know, you seen the immediate confidence booster, didn't you? Straight mm. away, he was you know he lifted everyone, he he calmed everyone, and you know the the clean sheet started racking up and racking up, and then same thing when Allison came in, you just it was even calmer again, and you know even even in the fans, not just in the players, the the support around the stadium, you know. We we've seen for years. Well, we did see for years that whenever it went back to our goalie, you were on edge. Yeah, you were, yeah. You were nervous. You yeah. were you were waiting for the mistake. I think at one time, Minnie kicked it out for a corner. And let it go he, out for a corner while we were waiting for him to clear it. Just let it go and let waited and waited. Yeah, and waited but there was one where he actually <laughs> he actually hit a goal kick for a corner. <laughs> that really happened. So you know we we've had things we've had things like Prop that. Heaven. So yeah, <laughs> but we've had things like that to contend with, and then and as you say now since Allison's come in, yeah, it goes back to the so keeper, and you know, and we we know, we know he's had his like the, the one against Leicester where he's that was like his third game or something. Yeah, no, I know that's just eradicated now. Mm. He just doesn't do anything. Like he still that got anymore. that one on his wall though. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and that's that's all credit to him, and you know, long may continue. The, what I would say as well, though, Adrian still deserves credit yeah, at the end of the season because the first eight games yeah, we were without Allison, you know, and yeah. everyone goes on about City's injuries. You know, you, you lose Ederson, you know, and and they have, you know, lose Ederson, Ederson, whatever, Ederson, Ederson, get over it. But you know, they have lost him at points, and you realise how important he is to them. You know, we lost Allison and thought, you know, we're really going to be in for it. And then Adrian, obviously, he came in and stepped up massively, didn't he? So yeah. credit does go to him as well. You know, if we, we've we've said it on this podcast, he's been a massive find and, and and a massive addition to this squad. So, but no, I just wanted to give give a mention of that because that was another one that I said to Phil on on the night. I was just I can't like he's just so good. His, his praise does sort of go on. It, he doesn't get it. Doesn't yeah, he doesn't get it as much be, because you're just so used to him being the way he is. But every game he's like that now, and you know he should get the praise. Yeah, yeah. We're moving on to this weekend. Um, obviously, two more games. It's just I've actually put it in the description for the for tonight's episodes. The first feels like the first regular week we've had of just two games, two games. preview, yeah. or two games review, and two games to preview. So we've got a trip to West Ham on Saturday, which is um, tricky, but also you know an interesting one for for more reasons than one. Uh, the one of the most significant being that David Moyes is the manager. Um, the last time that he had a stint there, we, we went we went there and um, I believe he won. 
quite comfortably. Um, but it's it's been a mixed start for him. You know, they had a tough game away to Sheffield United the weekend where they they lost via a you know a, a moody a decision, decision from from VAR. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, it seems as though he's he's steadied the ship. He won in the FA Cup the week before that, and and his, his first game was a a pretty um, comprehensive win at home four 0 So. Look, I, I think it's going to be a, a tough assignment for, for, for Ancelotti and for the team. Um, I, I think it, we're going to be a, see a, probably a very similar team to, to the weekend. It'll be interesting to see whether he does start uh, Moise Keane, which he started, who he started at Newcastle um, in, in that wide berth and maybe goes at more of a 4-3-3 again or whether he retains the more of a 4-4-2 that he played at, at the weekend. Um, I expect the back four to stay the same. Uh, I think Keane has a good enough game to stay in the team. Um, again, as I say, I think you know Luca Dean, you know, played fairly well. Sadibi again at right back was fairly solid. I didn't mention him before, but again, he has he has a pretty solid game at right back. Um, I, I I don't know. It's a tough one to call. I think it is expected to be similar to the Newcastle game in the sense that you know West Ham will be coming out on the front foot and, th- and they'll be trying to to impose themselves on the game. And I think he'll be looking to maybe try and play more of a, ca- a counter attack and balance against that. Yeah, at the same time I don't know if Moyes is gonna, you know, try and try and be try and be clever. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's it, necessarily got that in him all the time. But it's what I mean it was West Ham uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you played them because it was one of your most comfortable wins, wasn't it? The season one of your best performances, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah it was well Craig, I think Craig it was the best performance he's seen in five years or something. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> <probably> <laughs> been carried over egg and a bit a few too many shandies that day. But no it, yeah it was two 0 at home and, and yeah it was one of our best certainly one of our best performances this season which isn't saying a great deal um, but it's a different team yeah. it's more you know it's, it's David Moyes rather than Pellegrini who's gonna you know make his team stiffer he's, he's pretty much stuck I think Mark, Mark Nobles plays every minute under David Moyes so far which says a lot he's looking for you know consistency and, and stability in there um, Declan Rice again seems to have forged a, a pretty good partnership alongside him you know, they, they've, they've got a lot of players in there, you know, the likes of Flair players, like the likes of Lanzini and, and, and Felipe Anderson. You know, on a given day at home, I think they can cause any team problems and, and they could take any team to the sword, uh, put any team to the sword, sorry. So it, it's, it's going to be a tough one for us because I, I think, the, the, you know, they've got most players fit at the moment and, and because of that, they, they probably got a, tentative to say this maybe a better start in 11 than us they've got a little bit more balance in there um, they've got a natural centre forward who maybe hasn't had a, a great season this season in, in Halle but you know he's got he's got pedigree from the, from the Bundesliga as you like to say <laughs> um, so yeah I, I expect us to go there and get a result um, I'm going to go with 2-1 because I, I, I do think that they'll get on the score sheet and they've got enough to, to trouble us but I'd like to think if we do go with a, a counter-attacking style, which probably sees, I don't know, it, it might mean that the Bernard stays in the team and he plays more as a winger than a, than a midfielder, but if it doesn't, it might mean that Moise Keane comes in and he plays with three out-and-out forwards and, and th- uh, three in the midfield of maybe Delft, Davis and, and Sigurdsson, but... No, you know, yeah. is, it, is, it, is, is Wolby injured or is he just yeah. completely out the frame? Yeah, he's injured, yeah. He, he got injured against Arsenal. Um <laughs> Pretty early on in the game and, and hasn't hasn't featured like it's a thigh strain or okay. something like that. Yeah, yeah he, he isn't past it. He hasn't got many options. If I'm going to be honest at the moment, for a variety of reasons of you know lack of form from some players, but more notably that we're still missing some you know some centre midfielders, which 
makes the rotation a, a bit more difficult. Well, Mills, he's agreed with you with the 2-1. Two 2-1 one. Two one for Everton and Craig's as usual, 3-1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I... I I think I think I think both teams to score is, is almost a nap. I think at the weekend, as much as Ancelotti likes to will like to make us tough to beat, I think they probably got a little bit too much for our fragile defence. Mm. We will so see. Obviously, next day um, you you kind of partly previewed it in and amongst the looking at the the Tottenham game. But would you go as far as to say this is your one of your last stumbling blocks? I know that's that's probably the wrong thing to say because you've got a lot of teams and any team in the Premier League can cause you problems but on paper would this be a fixture where City are going come on yeah absolutely they will this yeah. little run will have been you know yeah. Spurs Spurs United Wolves they, they'll have been looking at that thinking if they, if they can maybe if Liverpool can drop points in two out of three of them then you know there's there's still half a chance that they can still catch us and if they if they can beat us as well when we play them but Particularly uh, given, as you said before, Man U is the one team that took points off us yeah. this season and they're in a bit of a resurgence, aren't they? A little bit. I mean, I'd say resurgence, they're still inconsistent results and stuff, but, you know, they've, they've, they've bagged a couple of goals there in that last game. You know, they'll be confident that, you know, given that they have took points off us in two games last season, uh, a game last season, away at Old Trafford, a game away at Old Trafford this season, they'll be confident that, you know, that they might be able to do something. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit torn with the game. I, I don't know, you know, we were discussing off air before that, I don't know whether whether I'm expecting it to be like a close game with them coming try and defend deep and, and hit us on a break or whether this this recent like run of games where they've they've scored a few and they've got a few wins, they, they might come thinking they can they can have a go at us and maybe get something out the game and leave some space in behind. I I don't know what to expect. I, I think I think Solskjaer's got too much to lose by doing that. I think yeah. if he goes there and they get spanked five or four or five, it could be chaos. Oh yeah, I, I, I don't think he's ever recovered from that. Whereas if he goes and it's a one nil, you kind of oh you've lost to the or it's a two nil, you've lost to potentially the champions and a team that have only dropped two points all season. I don't think he's got the personnel to go and sort of play some some sort of attack and you know expansive no, game I don't, against I don't, us. I don't mean so he's much got Rashford, who's who's who he's going to utilise. There's peace that can be used on a counter-attack. I honestly fully expect him to do exactly what he's done in the last couple of times we played them, which is going to use wing-backs aggressively, three centre-backs, and then he'll try and exploit them gaps in between, Out, you know, try and get in behind. Yeah, behind Trent, Trent and, and Robertson. with Martial, with Rashford, and then is, is James still available? Is Dan he, James is still there. He, yeah. He's there, So he, and when, when they used him, and, you know, when we played them last time, he was almost like... Used as a little bit of a utility sort. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. You know, he was. He was. He was getting back. He was getting trying to hassle our defenders. But then you get used and get set. You know, like bang a ball over the top and let him leg it and chase it. I think that's that. I, I can't expect he'll do anything else because he's got results out of it against us previously, Solskjaer. So I fully expect them. Yeah, I was just gonna say to come and do that at Anfield. No, and it's you know, certainly something that could. He's done that at their part. Their patch. I, I can't see that they're gonna come to Anfield and try and take the game. So I think it's insane. You know, like if if they don't do that in front of their own fans, why would you come to Anfield? Yeah. Is Maguire still out? Has he got a no? What's no, his injury? It was it was rumored that it was a really bad injury, but I actually think he may have ended up playing the game at the weekend. You know, I think if I have want him to play. If yeah. he didn't play the game at the weekend, he is you know he is in contention um, because Solskjaer said in the press conference, yeah, he, he plays the weekend. Oh, sad. Mm. But you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they do come out and sort of try and take the game to us because I think we will absolutely annihilate them if they did that. Um, but I do think it's going to be a slow build. They're going to, you know, sit deep and, and and sit in. And 
it could be another frustrating experience for 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 Robertson and Trent. You know, it it, it, it the way that they utilised the wing backs last time, they stopped them from getting forward, and Trent was hitting balls from the halfway line to try and you know make something happen, and that's not really. It, it's fine if he's putting Mane in with a cross yeah. field diagonal into the space, but, but there's no space there. Yeah. You're not doing that. You know what I mean? You so know where the game's lost for them though. You look at their team on paper, and you can pr- almost predict their team already. Um, and if you are going to say that they maybe play the back five, it means their midfield, their central midfield is going to be Matic, mm-hmm. Fred. They haven't got McTominay because he's no, not he's injured. injured. Yeah. So it's going to be Matic, Fred, Pereira and Dan James. And you're just thinking that is so weak and immobile. Matic can't move anymore. Fred can't move at the best of times. Pereira, Pereira although he has a goal yep. and got a ball his last game, time. Yeah. I, I personally rate McTominay. I think he's a, he's a good player and he's a player you can get about. And you know he can get up and down and stuff, and he's young. The rest of them players, they just look so soft. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and Matic is is over the hill. He's finished for me. So I think that's where I think they're going to find it very hard to deal with your intensity in the midfield. Yeah, I think that's you know we we were talking about that before, and, I, and I've said it a couple of times now on on, on the pod. I, uh, there's talk that Fabinho is going to be back. You know he's back training and stuff. He feels good. I'm I'm half hoping that Klopp doesn't throw him in uh, from the start because. Fabinho, Henderson, Wijnaldum, I don't think is making best use of attacking impetus we've got through the middle if they do go five at the back. I think, you know, when when we've done that away, it didn't work for us until we changed and brought Keita and Oxley chamberlain yeah. into that middle and then all of a sudden Manu's game plan fell apart. We nearly won that game, you know, late on because yeah. of the, the way we changed. So I think given that we've seen it with Mourinho and Klopp was forced to put Oxley chamberlain in there because he didn't have many other bodies, I'd like to see that again because I think that's where that could become a vital you know, addition to that midfield with Henderson, Wijnaldum and Oxley chamberlain Could there be a shout for Shaqiri? Possibly. I mean, he's, he's back fit, isn't he? But I'll go on, Judge. In yeah. the absence of those players, I was just going to ask you, Gary, I, I was going to ask about Shaqiri. I was always going to ask about Adam Lallana because yeah. he's played himself into con- contention in that deeper role, but he is still a player who can play in between the lines and, and gives you something a bit different in, in the way of creativity and linking up the midfields and forwards that maybe one of those three that you just mentioned doesn't. He does, but what I what I always say about a, a team a team like United who are going to come, we know as you, as Terry said there, you, you are expecting them to come and play the same way. So the five at the back and and you know it's going to be difficult to break down and get in behind. Lallana's not one to really have shots from outside the area. Neither is Henderson. Wijnaldum Wijnaldum does for Holland, but he's not he's not really no, doesn't, doesn't really difference. do for us. So. But he, do, but he are, does. Are the other players who, who may play that role that, that's going to be behind the front three? Oxley Chamberlain's the one for me who, who'd be the, the more likely to but be able not, to score not fit, goals. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Is he yeah. fit? Okay. He yeah. plays against Spurs. And I made the case, I think, on the podcast where I said there's an argument that Lalana could be that man who came in against Spurs at the, the, you know, the, the top of that midfield because I think he, you know, he deserved, he played really well against Everton. You know, there's been other games where I, I, I think he has looked good when he's been called upon. But we went with Oxley Chamberlain, who don't think he's done himself any harm. I'm say he was like a, a fantastic against Spurs, but you know he went poor. He went poor, no. and like Gary said, I, I think when you've got three centre backs in front here, Adam Lallana as good as he is with his feet and as good as, as he might be at finding a, a through ball or a, or a pass, you're not going to get many opportunities for players to run beyond the line. You, you, I think you are very much going to be looking for a player who can pick the ball up in the midfield, drive at that defence. And catch them unawares. It's a shot early, you know, catch a goalkeeper mm. out and stuff like that. So, 
I'm more inclined to think we'll start Oxley Chamberlain and take him what off about the goal. The goalie's pretty good though, isn't he? There's one thing they've got well, a good shot stopper. Yeah. He might not be amazing at times taking crosses and stuff, but he, he's he's one of the the best shot stoppers. Yeah, in the world. he is. He is. But you know, it 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 it, it, it is what it is. If, isn't there's it? One, if there's one place I think United probably can't be got at, it's it's probably shots from outside the area. <laughs> no, well. I, well, I'm just gonna. I'm, I'll be sitting here with humble pile of me face. Shakiri scored two past them last time at Anfield. He did. Yeah, from outside was an the absolute box. peach. They're both from outside the box. Yeah. yeah. Both deflections, really? like, but they both yeah. went in from outside the box. No, only one was. No, they both were. Um, what about Minamino? Yeah, I, th- I think. I know he, he's. Everyone sort of expecting him to be replacement for like the front three, as and when needed, aren't they? But in games like this. I wouldn't mind seeing him as the one, as like a front four type thing. If mm. do you know, do you not think it for the same reason? And it's not, it's not the same because Klopp's got a lot more behind him now than Solskjaer has. But it would look rather foolish, wouldn't it, to be throwing a front four in against United when United are looking to hit you on the break and therefore they might have a man over. I think that's uh, probably I a little bit too bold. I don't think you'd necessarily be a front four. So I think you, you no, sort no of say you like an extra man as opposed to an Oxley Chamberlain yeah. at the top of that midfield because yeah. he has played that sort of. Uh, yes, I think you know there's an argument for it, but like we're saying there, this is probably even though Man U shouldn't on paper like as it stands right now be one of our sternest tests. It's a massive hurdle to get over. I think the psychological blow it They're might inflict on a city. Out as well, yeah, you know, it's Liverpool at the end of the day for now. Them. You know, Minamino, he still won't have done a lot of work with the team. I don't think in that midfield area we can afford to carry someone who doesn't quite know the patterns of play and the systems and the work that's expected of them. You know, I don't think he'll shake any 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 work or any graft or whatever. But you know, I'm feel for so long as being about players who are diligent, disciplined, know exactly where to be, you know, that's why it's better than the sum of its parts yeah. in some in some regards. I think upsetting that way, throwing someone completely raw, I think he will come on. I think he might come on for one of the front three. I don't think, or, or for an Oxley chamberlain if Lallana doesn't come in for an Oxley chamberlain but to start him, I'm not so sure that Klopp will take that risk, if I'm honest, given that we don't necessarily need to take that risk. Yeah. You know, Fair in, enough, in, yeah. in terms of how Just a, a, a more random one again. What about the likes of Curtis Jones. No, again, again, I, I, I think they do work with the first teams, don't they? Yeah, I just why do you need to take that risk? You've got Roxley Chamberlain who knows exactly what he what what's going to be expected of him. You know, he's a, a senior pro, even though he hasn't actually been at Liverpool for a long time in terms of making loads of appearances. Plays in a lot of big games, hasn't he? He does yeah. play in big games England. and he delivered in big games. Yeah. You know, so why take the risk of throwing Curtis Jones in there at Anfield against Man U, which is a you know it happened with Trent though, didn't it? Yeah, but since debut wasn't it United? I I, I don't get it's kind why. of half forced though as well, wasn't it? You as a lot of why 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 take that risk when you got Oxley Chamberlain and Lallana? You aren't gonna you aren't gonna let you down in that area. That's the that's the question. Mm. I just wonder why you do it. Might might see it more. You could. I I, I don't expect it. It was just a, a throwing one out there. But you could see it more of a you know if you you show in him that sort of belief and confidence and. Give him that responsibility, and you know, sort of rewarding his work that he's done and stuff. And you I think know, he got that in the derby. I think exactly. if this season ended now, he's happy. He's done it. He's, he's done. He's scored he? the winning goal it. in a derby against Everton. You know, at, his at interview Anfield. after it said otherwise. I know, but yeah. I, I just think that was just expressing that's the level of confidence. Like that's what, yeah. And I think that's what he, what Klopp wants to see, isn't it? He wants to see that level yeah. of confidence. As, as I say, I don't expect that at all. I, I do, I do expect it to be like an Oxley Chamberlain or something. Probably Oxley Chamberlain, but. You know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be overly downhearted if you seen seen a different player in it, like Curtis Jones or no, I, 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 I wouldn't be downhearted. That'd be the wrong word, but I'd be 
I'd be wondering why. I'd, I'd just think why, 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 why do that when you've got likely a Fabinho Until back, two and a, we Sha- a Shakiri <laughs> back, you know, an Oxley Chamberlain available, a Lallana available. There's there's players that I think, like in this game, I, 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 th- I think sometimes you look and run out if you're taking them gambles, you yeah. know. And, and I don't want us to to be going. Why did we play him? And then it becomes about the likes of it. Why did we throw a Minamino in? Why did we throw a Curtis Jones in? We've got no say about it. if they get picked, but they don't deliver in that game. It could do them more harm than good. Yeah. I don't really expect Klopp to do that. To be honest, I think for me it would be it would be a misstep. I, I'm not sure that I'd want to see that. Uh, the one that I could potentially see, which I, again I'm not really keen on, but we've seen it a couple of times at Anfield in the last couple of games. Watford, I think against Wolves as well. He done it. He dropped Firmino into that hole. Rigi, and well, he done it with the Rigi, but with Shakiri coming back, he could mm. put Shakiri on the right. Salah, Salah through the middle and drop Firmino back, and it does it does give you that kind of fluidity between the like yeah. you know maybe Firmino dropping into his normal role, someone else going out wide, Shakiri coming to the middle. I don't. I, I just wonder because we've done it the last you know a couple of games our own recently. I, I wonder whether it, but it's an intriguing one, and again, it's always the midfield, isn't it? That we <laughs> we always talk about, but I, I think it's vital that we get it right against Manu because it's cost us a couple of times previously when we haven't gone with the right personnel from yeah. the first whistle, so. Important game. Well, hopefully, hopefully, from my perspective, we're talking about that mistake that you, that Klopp made <laughs> and they use made with the lineup. But somehow, somehow, I'm just not sure that that that's going to materialise for me or for for the Blues. But um, that that about brings us to the end. Well, of the let's get our predictions out. No, no, we're not having that. <laughs> Go on, sorry. Um, I'm gonna. I, I actually think we'll start really brightly from the off, and I reckon we're just gonna like bomb on you early, three 0 Phil's gone for two 0 I can't make my mind up. I've I don't know whether it's gonna be like a an hard game and, and like like similar to the old Stafford one where we we've struggled to break them down and we've I think they they went ahead in the game didn't they at Old Stafford? Yes, um, yeah. We scored later on foul, in, in the second half. The foul on um, Arigi yeah. that wasn't given. I don't know whether to expect that or whether, as you say, we we will just come flying out the blocks. I'm gonna let my heart rule my head here. I'm gonna go for it. A big one. I'm on a four, four nil. Sounds. I hope you're right and I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just. I just. Uh, you know. I just. I had. I had, I had just. I've, in the back of my mind, I've got a little Leicester performance coming. Yeah. That's what I feel like. I feel like yeah. this Liverpool team. I think Spurs. We rolled our luck there. We're much better than that. We could have been out of sight. And we didn't take them chances, and it was a bit harder than it needed to be. Let's just go and annihilate these. And and really <laughs> really sort of make a statement, and I think as you say, a Leicester performance, I can, I feel it, I feel, I can feel it, I can feel it. That is what we're gonna get. I hope I'm right. <laughs> so, okay. Well, as I say before, hopefully not. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see you next week. We'll get the uh, the instant match reaction, obviously, on the after the game, I'm Sunday. sure, which, which will give you. Give us a, a good flavour for maybe what, what we're going to hear on the Monday. But thanks for tuning in again. Um, and as Teddy said before, please do share your opinions, particularly on the whole Andy Robertson thing, because that's definitely divided the Reds and the Blues in, in, in our quarters this week. Uh, but on any other matters, really, I did get, we did get a message from uh, TJ, I think, on Saturday night after the Everton game. We disagreed with some of my comments in the instant match reaction, which, again, like I said to him in reply to what it's all about, um, I had my opinion after the game he had his and, and that's great and we, we love that interaction so thanks for your message TJ even though we're not going to we're going to agree to disagree on, on, on this one but um, again thanks for all your support and uh, catch you again next week